0: What's well, up, everyone? This week we're going to be hearing from Von Winiata. and this episode has some short excerpts of the conversation with him. I hope you enjoy his reflections, and this is really a hint of what it is that we talk about in the full hour-long interview. So be sure to check that one out when it gets released. Just before we talk about that, I'm I'm actually really curious about that early childhood time, and particularly yes. around your identity. And you mm. said, you know, your Maori identity um, was that something. Yeah, can you just describe that a little bit more in terms of your father's legacy, I guess, and and the family and things? Because that's something yeah, that yeah, I'd love to know a bit yeah, definitely.
1: more about. So, so in terms of uh, my, my family, um, so the Winiatas and where we are from, very strongly steeped in our Maori roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's something too that a lot of people, like I'm 57 years old, and a lot of people my age will be able to relate to this, that the strength of te reo and the reintroduction of the Māori culture today um, was not the same in the 1970s or the 60s when I remember growing up, you know, right. in terms of my father. The most important thing was to get a job. Uh, most companies that were able to employ people and pay were non-Māori companies, pākehā right. companies. So it didn't mean that, that, that you know, the stories about being beaten at school for speaking Māori meaning te reo wasn't strong uh, with the generation before us but it was more about the belief to get ahead was the focus on assimilation you know, and, um, and uh, merging uh, really well. And I think that um, that's something now looking back where the privilege that we have today is that's not a restriction, the encouragement is the other way around yeah. uh, actually. But do you, um, have, and- do you
0: have any memories then of the previous generations, You know, like your, I guess, grandparents or the older people from an earlier tradition or an earlier way mm-hmm. of doing things?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, one of the, the, the um, and I think that most people who have spent time around a uh will relate to this. By and large, most of, whether it was grandparents or uncles, aunties that were the generation ahead or two, uh, mm-hmm. um, older than me, were by and large quiet and very strict and firm, but awesome storytellers. So when it came to gathering around the hearth, which was kind of what we did, you know, after dinner you'd sit around the fire or the, the, at home and uh, the stories would get told. So you, you listened with deep intent to, and I can still remember the sound of voices and the manner in which they talked. And that's something that I think uh, that I'm learning today is, is you know, we, we hear so much this bandied around buzzword of storytelling. It's not new, you know, it's yeah. been here a long time. So and what so- was it
0: about them that made good stories? What were the key characters? Well, they were,
1: a, they were a mix of myth and also real stories. Mm-hmm. But I think what made them good stories is they were fulfilling their role because we don't write, Māori don't write anything down by and large. What we're passing on, our legacy, our whakapapa of laying one layer on another is making sure that the generation, the next generation, that story is being told and more than once mm-hmm. again and again. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't know that at the time as a five, six, seven, you know, even up to to early teens, but that was why. Mm. But when I think about it now, and I am speaking to my own sons and I have done um, it's the same thing that's happening all over mm. again. So they were fulfilling their role that their ancestors before them had fulfilled. Yeah, so They were passing on stories that were always going to get passed on. And I, and I think that that oratory side, uh the speaking side uh maori is something that um that's our richness actually you know in terms of the way that we communicate um
0: especially the yeah, yeah the the oral history isn't it i i find because i'm doing this podcast which is uh, audio you know we're, we're talking our voices are going back and forth and i find mm. it's actually a really rich way to get to depths that you wouldn't, um, even writing, you know, that you could write something down, but there's something about the richness of a person's voice and the way that they talk and the way they express themselves that you yeah. just can't replace by writing down in a paragraph.
1: That, that, that's right, Stephen. And I think something that occurred to me when I said earlier on that I've been brought up by and large on a Westernized leg, it's not until you, re-engage and you happen to spend time back on a marae, whether it's a general hui, a tangi, or, or, or a Christmas party or something, and you have the gathering of the generations, the multi-generations of family all coming together in, in one place, and you start to look at it and you go, the, the magic that happens on a marae is not replicatable off the marae. And so you'll often hear people say things like looking at the world through a Maori lens You've mm. kind of got to be there, so you'll hear the rhetoric and you'll hear the speak talking about it. But trust me, when you're sitting on the Malai in in the meeting house, and you look at it and go, "This couldn't be done anywhere else." This yeah. this is unique to be. Then you have that experience, and when you leave the Malai and you go into the non-Malai world, that world's still with you. You know, it's what you carry inside you, mm. and uh, that's part of the privilege that I think. The penny only drops as you get older because sure. you actually realize what, a, what your experience is all starting to manifest and come together. I, I roll by a word I use uh, called toteka, which is basically T-O-T-I-K-A, which which means, you know, with, with a peaceful mind and a respectful heart, you'll get the best result. So it's that ability to sort of be, to sit back and, and take a wider view of things and mm-hmm. appreciate that how you arrived in the meeting house or how we got here in the podcast, that journey is all part of, of, you know, the hour, the river is winding its way out to the mm-hmm. sea. My job, in terms of articulating that to my children and them picking it up, That they're, they're coming with me, but there's things I've seen they haven't seen, and so my job's to, you know, give the best of that to them. I think that sometimes I'll find in the business world, you, you will be sitting with people that might not understand when you're saying, talking things about multi-values and business or something like that, when actually they're not multi-values at all. They're just New Zealand values. This is just the way we see things here. We have this wonderful jewel that's on this wonderful jewel of a planet and it's ours and it's ours to protect and look after and the miracle of how my ancestors got here and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like we're trying to say we need to be considered or the, 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 the treaty gives us rights or whatever. It just is, it just starts mm. to manifest itself in a way that, that's natural and doesn't have to be mm. um, forced. So just backing step to when you introduced me as, um, as being the founder of V formation. The V is a reference to like when geese fly in a V through the sky. But coming back to that, the Toteka whakatoki about the peaceful mind, the respectful heart. When we surround ourselves with people we don't want everybody to be like us. And honestly, when you own a small business, sometimes you just employ versions of yourself because <laughs> you go, wow, that guy interviewed well. It's because you like what you saw because it's probably you you're looking at in the mirror. By and large, I've been in a sales, market, sales and marketing life. So, therefore, I love having people who are analytical or, or deep thinkers around me who are able to look at things with a different view. So that V formation about the ability to know that it's your time to go to the front of the V and it's my time to drop back is a part of the Whakapapa journey, the people that you know, we're meeting. Because as a 57-year-old man who's walking through life as identifying as Māori, but having brought up on a westernised leg, I don't have another 57 years to be brought up on a Māori leg. Mm. But just like in a three-legged race, you find other Mori legs and, and in true collaboration, you work with other Mori legs and they will carry you for that leg of the journey. And I think that's what the V formation to me is, is that surround yourself with it's not how many, it's the makeup.